Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing this evening? This is Latrice Carter with Horror Movie Warriors. Today is Friday, March the 6th, and I hope you guys had a terrific Friday. I am here with my very, very, very uh, great guest, who you guys know from uh, various episodes. We just did Get Out like two weeks ago, I think. <laughs> Adrian Garza. How you doing, Adrian? There was supposed to be another guy with us, um, John Lo- uh, John Laura, but he has um, he has something come up, I think. So um, so we'll we'll just do it without him tonight. And tonight, guys, we are discussing Terminator Two. It was released in 1991. Oh my gosh, I can't believe 1991 was so long ago. I was 11. I was 11 when Terminator 2 came out. My God. And, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> but I loved it though. My 11 year old self loved it. And, uh, watching the movie again, I was reminded how, you know, back in 1991, we could do stuff like, like, John Connor went to the mall by himself and he was 10 years old. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, for it to be the early 90s again, that would be great. (laughs) Because now you're scared to let your 10 year old child go anywhere by himself alone. You know, I mean, <laughs> and here, there John was, he was on a freaking motorcycle at 10 years old, or um, not a motorcycle, but well, yeah, a motorcycle, a, mo- a motorbike, and at the mall at 10 years old with no parental supervision. That can't happen today. Nope. It cannot happen today. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> But yeah, so what do you think of um, Terminator Two, um, Adrian? Well, I think it's a great movie. I've always loved the movie. It's one of my favorite films of all time. Yes, mine too. I would say. Yeah, I just, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. No, it's all right. I mean, I was just gonna say that I love Arnie Schwarzenegger. Uh, it's iconic to me, the whole legacy. Yep, <laughs> all of it. And, yeah, and I always hear that phrase, hasta la vista, you know, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say the phrase, I'll be back. <laughs> that one too, yeah, that one too. I mean, and I know that uh, Terminator, the Terminator series as a whole, uh, I know it's not exactly horror. It's not exactly scary or anything like that, but it kind of does fall along those lines because I think it would be pretty scary that a Terminator will come after my child or come after me because they want to come after my child. You know, I, I think that would be pretty scary. So, I, I you know, I, I just think you know, it's in that arena, you know, so, 
But uh, well, l- l- let me hop on right on into the questions, uh, Adrian. Uh, what was your favorite part of Terminator Two? Adrian, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, what was your favorite part of Terminator 2? My favorite part of Terminator 2? Um... Oh, gosh. That's a hard one, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of it was good. Yeah. No, I mean, there were so many great scenes in the film. And uh, one thing I liked about it is it never slowed down. So that kind of kept me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, just did on the end of my feet. So. Well, it, it did kind of slow down. Uh, but uh, I'll get to that part in a minute. <laughs> for me, okay. for me, I'll, I'll yeah. get to the part to that part, part um, after I, you know, uh, w- w- when I uh, talk about my least favorite part because the the part that slowed down for me is actually my least favorite part of the movie. But um, my favorite part of the movie, though, has always, <laughs> and I cracked up at this so hard when I was younger. Uh, like I said, this was my favorite movie, uh, you know, of all t- t- time. It, it, when I was 11, when I saw this movie, this was my second favorite movie. My first favorite movie was always, was always The Goonies. But my second favorite movie, back when I was 11 years old, was this movie, after I saw it. And I always laughed at the part where... Uh, <laughs> Where John uh, was, uh, he was um, uh, uh, telling uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, uh, that uh, uh, his mother was a priority to him. And he was trying to get him to, you know, uh, help him, you know, break her out of the mental hospital. And then he he grabbed John and John was like, "Uh, uh, uh, let me go. You know, he started to scream for help. And then uh, the two guys that came over, and he had caught the one guy uh, 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 hit the road, Bozo, or something like that. Something he said like that. And then he uh, said, uh, you little, you know, called him a, a name. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, John was like, uh, did you call Wa? <laughs> I always cracked up at that part because he had Arnold Schwarzenegger grab his hair. (laughs) That was one of my favorite, favorite parts growing up uh, or when I was 11. But now as a grown up, my favorite, my favorite scene is actually um, the drain pipe scene. When uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, um, Follow John and the uh, the liquid metal Terminator in the in the like in the drain uh, sewer and uh, on the on the freeway or something like that and uh, uh, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger like grabs them and puts them on his motorcycle. I, that's my favorite part now as an adult. 
<laughs> so let's see. Well, what was your uh, what was your least favorite uh, part, Adrian? The least favorite part. Um, well, I didn't like the people in the nut house, the ones that were the complete assholes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't like any of those parts, only because I love Linda Hamilton, and I was just waiting for her to kick the shit out of somebody. Right, and she did, too. She, well, I don't know which yeah. which one you have seen, seen, because actually, the DVD that I have, actually, is the limited, or the, um, the one where they put all the deleted, took the, the deleted scenes out, they put them back in. So the um, so the uh, version that I have been watching is the one where um, they show us a little bit more than they showed in the theatrical. Uh, that they um show us how they treat Sarah, and they treat her with absolute disgust. I mean they I mean they spit on her. They uh, they beat her. Oh my gosh, you know, they just treated her like trash. And I always wondered why, you know, especially, um, you know, after buying the DVD, because uh, I forget when they have put all that stuff in, but I've had the DVD for, for a while now. So, uh, and I know uh, they didn't show that in the theatrical version. So, um so, uh, yeah, but even in the theatrical version, though, they really did. They, especially Dr. Silverman, for whatever reason, they, uh, he just had this, to me, he had this very dislike for Sarah, you know, and <laughs> I don't know what it was. But, um, uh, well, my least favorite part of Terminator 2 is actually um, well. Actually, I should say I have two, uh, two least favorite parts. Uh, my first uh, least favorite part is the part I was telling you about, Adrian. Um, uh, the part that dragged on for me was actually the last fight scene, if you can even call it that. Uh, uh, he just kept hitting. Arnold with that thing at the end. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, well, how many times are you going to hit him, sir? And I mean, it's just, dra- you're just dragging it out now. You know, that was my least favorite part. I thought that, I thought that maybe two hits was enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, um, and then my other uh, least favorite part is actually um, I hated how uh, Sarah treated John in the beginning. You know, uh, yeah, in the beginning, you know, it was like 
she didn't have a connection to her own son or there was a disconnect at first, you know, and I, I, I didn't like that. And it could be because I have a son now, you know, I have a three-year-old son and I, I feel very much so connected to him, you know. And uh, so, uh, but, so I didn't get it. You know, I didn't get that disconnect to your son, you know, but um, so uh, those are my two least favorite parts. Now, who was your favorite character, Adrian? We had a lot to choose from. <laughs> yeah, we did. But my favorite character was Sarah Connor. Well, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, hell, I just kind of liked the way that she evolved in part two. She did. Because she really did. Because if you observe her in part one, yeah, it's like this homemaker-looking waitress, you know, who couldn't hurt anybody, who was just like, yeah, well, you mess with me, then I'll just run. And then, right. Yeah, and then she came back so strong for Terminator 2, and I thought that was amazing. She did. And then when I saw her in the preview... Right before the movie hit the theater, I'm like, oh, wow, that Linda Hamilton? <laughs> wow. Like, she really bucked up for this role. And that's what I liked. Yeah, I liked the fact that she was very strong and was more of a fighter. Well, yeah. She made the movie more interesting, I thought. Yeah. And she had to, uh, because even though she was disconnected, disconnected from her son at one point, she knew that she had to protect him. You know, she knew that, you know, yeah. his life was more important than her own, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, my favorite um, character uh, in Terminator 2, Judgment Day, was actually Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, I liked this Terminator, of course, versus the one in part one, you know, <laughs> because in part one, he was trying to kill her. But uh, but I really liked how Arnold Schwarzenegger played uh, his part. I, I liked how he became the protector versus the monster. <laughs> That uh, it, it showed uh, it showed a range, just like with um, just like with Linda Hamilton. It showed that they could play anything, you know. Uh, here, like you just said, and in, in the first one, Linda was playing um, a meek, you know, character. You know, oh, you know, I don't want to mess with anybody. I, you know, it, 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 and that was that. You know. So then in part two, she's more firm. It's like she's more confident and, and she's not taking anybody's stuff, not even at the mental institution. You know, even though that they even though they were treating her disgustingly and they were beating her and everything, she still was like, you know what, I'm coming for you. Yeah. So but but with Arnold, you know, he, it was like he, um, 
mellowed out. He was uh, so much, you know. <laughs> I mean, shoot, we didn't even see um, Arnold smile until like the middle of the film, like when John was trying to get him to smile. And that, folks, listeners, that is actually on the DVD version that I have. Um, it's um, uh, the special edition with um, uh, bonus uh, features that wasn't in the um, uh, theatrical one. So I'm not sure who has what which DVD, you know, but um, in the DVD that I have, uh, John Connor is tr- um, trying to get uh, the Terminator to smile or teach him to smile or something like that. So, but, uh, but yeah, it, that that was my favorite character. Yeah, well, I'm just real disappointed that I didn't get to meet Linda Framer. I heard that she was there. She was there. Um. She was there. What year was she there? Um, I want to say 2014. I think so. I think it was 2014. I think it was my second year here in Texas that she came. Yep. I think yeah, it was. The children of the Corn. Uh, yes. Yeah, yep, they did. They did. Yeah, they did a Children of the Corn reunion. And they did... Was it the Terminator? Because I think Robert Patrick was here too. I think Robert yeah, Patrick. Was born and the Terminator Two reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Was I was going to say I think Robert Patrick was here that year. Yeah. Yeah. They brought. It brought a lot of good people in the past, including Linda Blair, which I hope she comes back. <laughs> oh yeah, I heard Linda Blair was very nice. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, well, who was your least favorite character? We have a lot of those, too. We had a lot of those to to choose from. And not just the Terminator, the liquid metal Terminator. <laughs> uh, definitely him. He's one of my... Well, of course, yeah. Yeah. But, um, the other least favorite would have to be... Dr. Silverman. Yes. Uh, I didn't like him. I didn't like him one bit. Nope. No, he was just an asshole. And and like I said, he, I mean, he hated Sarah for what reason? I don't know. I don't know if it was because, um, well, I know, you know, back in the 1984, you you know, they had that um, whole police shootout and stuff. But I, I mean, I wouldn't have blamed Sarah for that. Maybe he did. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's one of those things that you never know uh, really what the real reason is. I mean, it's like her whole relationship with John because they never really explained when they were separated from each other. Yeah, that's true. They never tell you how old John was, you know, how young he was. And they never really tell you that. Well, I'm in a mental institution and John is with these right. people that adopted him. Right. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you don't 
really know that gap. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. So, I mean. Very true. uh, Perhaps um, she didn't really have time to bond with him. And, I mean, I wouldn't think that she did. Because you have to look at the events from the first Terminator and Terminator 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know that she probably went into but she probably went into the institution almost immediately after the events of part one because they threw her in there because she blew up the factory. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, we didn't so, see that. Yeah, know, It makes you wonder when was born. And from what I get from it is maybe he was an infant when they put her in there. Well, no, because well, okay. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the um, the version that I have, but um, John lets us know that uh, he he and his mom were together. Um, she, you know, she actually dated men, you know, who she thought that he could learn from and stuff. So, uh, so I. I think because of, you know, just because of the uh, edition that I have, I I think that she got put into the institution maybe when he was like eight, seven, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have not seen a version. I have a version here. And it's completely sealed. I've never opened it. I'm going to have to check uh, it Yes, out. you have to because, yeah, because <laughs> they put a lot of stuff in. There's a lot of stuff that was not in the theatrical version. Yeah. And that's a very interesting, yeah, that's a very, <laughs> you know, very interesting aspect of information. So. Yeah, so to all my listeners out there, you guys are probably like Adrian and probably don't know what anything I might talk about. And that's because, that's because, yes, I have a different edition. Uh, uh, Yes, than than most everybody probably has. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. But, but, see, that was my other question, though. Like, even though she blew up the factory. I still don't see her in a mental institution. Maybe a jail cell. Maybe even prison. But not a mental facility. I kind of think they just threw the mental facility in there probably because it would probably be easier to break her out of the mental institution much more than it would be to break her out of a prison. I think maybe that's why they did that. Well, that's my opinion. That, <laughs> well, either that or maybe it was a little cheaper to shoot it in a middle. Yeah, that's true. Because they spent a whole lot of money anyway. They spent like over, um, like I think it was over $8 million dollars that they spent making this movie to begin with. So, yeah, it probably was a little cheaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure that it probably was. 
Because you have to figure, I mean, if they do it in the prison, well, uh, you have to worry about the other inmates. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, and they have to get more security because they got to get the camera cooking in there. Got to make sure that that they're not attacked or molested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so maybe if you don't really see a lot of other people in the mental institution, I mean, you see a glance of maybe a couple, but it's not swamped with all these crazy people walking the hallway, so, you know. Right. You're right. And, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I just, uh, well, that was my opinion, you know, and, but you're right, because, I mean, <clears throat> it's a lot cheaper for the, uh, for the mental institution than it would be for a prison, especially, you know, with all the extras and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. My other question is, now, <laughs> this one is going to be a hard one too, Adrian. But what, <laughs> uh, what is your favorite action scene? Yeah, because there's a lot of action in this movie. And like you said, it, it never slowed down. Just when you thought it was going to slow down, it didn't. Well, I'll start with one of my favorite scenes. How's that? Okay. <laughs> so, one of my favorite scenes is when they're at the facility mm-hmm. and they're about to blow it up. And they have the big shootout with the helicopter, you know, and everything. Oh, yeah. When, when they yeah. shot Miles? Mm-hmm. Miles, yeah. Yeah, and then you see uh, Sarah Connor, and she's not afraid of anything. She's still going, even when I like gunfire. Right. <laughs> she she was determined. That's for sure. And I'm like, well, you're over. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I would have surrendered by now. <laughs> right. I would have said, I give up. You can shoot me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and my, well, my favorite action scene was actually when uh, they had uh, the Terminator and John had broken Linda out of the mental uh, facility, and uh, you know he was um, he was in pursuit of them in the car, and they were you know blasting him and stuff like that. I love that. You know, I, I loved how he um was, uh, how Robert Patrick's character was, you know, holding on to the, uh, he had his, uh, you know, the silver knife or whatever and holding on to the, uh, <laughs> holding on to the rear of the car. And then uh, when he reaches the window, that's when Arnold shoots, shoots him. And he lets go. I love that part. <laughs> That was my favorite yeah, like action part. scene. Yeah, I like that part a lot too. And I also like the part of when they're trying to get out of the facility 
and the security guard walks up to him and she tries to just, I mean, she just tries to hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then he just kind of looks at her for a moment and then grabs her and throws and her. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She flies across well, the floor. Well, at least he didn't kill her. He kept his word to John. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he wouldn't know, you know. Yeah, I don't know how you treat other men. But you ain't going to treat me like that. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Uh, okay, well, which kill was the most creative? Because there was a lot of kills in here, too, so... Oh boy. Um most creative kill. Um I have one. <laughs> yeah, you go first because I gotta think on this. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like my fiance a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Uh, my favorite kill, or my favorite creative kill, was actually John's foster father. Oh my goodness! I love the way that the uh, the Terminator. Well, first of all, I I love how he uh, shape shifted into his foster mother, and uh, I loved when you know when she was on the phone with John and she switches hands and she's just like. Uh, and, you know, the, the knife goes into Todd in the milk that he was, you know, drinking or when whatnot. And <laughs> I just thought that that was an amazing kill. And, and I, I think, I think that Xander Berkeley has, he always has the best death scenes. And that's all I'm going to say. But you'll hear a little bit more when I talk about Candyman. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's actually one of the kills that was going through my head. Mm-hmm. Actually, um, yeah, I did like that one as well. But um, there's, I mean, there's like so many in this movie that it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint one. Right, yeah. You know, that, I mean, this whole movie had so many scenes that were great, that were iconic. Yes. Just, just, I mean, craziness. And and can we just talk about the soundtrack for a minute? I love the soundtrack. You know, uh, uh, I'm a big lover of music of any genre. Uh, I, I love I love country music. I love uh, R and B. I love folk music. I love bluegrass music. I love uh, you know uh, popish or classic R and B. You know, uh, it, I, I just love it all, including rock and roll. I love rock and roll. I, I'm I'm a big list. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Aerosmith, who they used a lot of in this movie. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Bon Jovi. I'm a big fan of um, even uh, Poison. You know, G- Guns and Roses. You know, I I, I love. I uh, I'm a big fan, and uh, I loved 
the soundtrack to this movie. The soundtrack was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. Uh, I remember uh, watching the video um, of the song that's, uh, that they played uh, while uh, John and his friend was going to uh, the uh, Galleria. And, you know, there's the song that, that was playing. I forget the name for right now. But but I remember seeing the video, and all of them were in it. I, I don't know if you remember that or not, um, Adrian, or if you've seen the video. I, I'm going to put it on the page tonight. I'm going to I'm going to put that uh, uh, music video on the page tonight on the uh, group page. Yep, it's a rock song. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Uh, you're talking about You Could Be Mine. Uh, maybe that's it. Yeah, I think that's the name of the song, You Could Be Mine. Yeah, and the reason that it rings a bell so well is because every Halloween I try to do a show. Right. Right in front of the house. Mm-hmm. And I have my karaoke up and everything. Cool. Yep. And then, yeah, and that's the only song that I didn't sing. And it's by Guns N' Roses. Yes, yes. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's the only song I didn't sing and because I didn't prepare it. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, thinking Aerosmith, but yes, you're right. It was from Guns N' Roses. And I had to leave it out of my shed, and then I replaced it with Life in His Eyes. And that went over well, though, so I mean, I can't complain. Well, that's good. There you go. Yeah, it went over well. And, like, usually our block is really quiet, (laughs) and we get, like, maybe three trick-or-treaters, but... When I went out there and I sang and I performed, I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, should I have people walking in from other blocks just wondering, where does that music come from? Like, they're at a concert and they came over with their kids and they were like, oh, wow, you got a party going on here. <laughs> yeah. That is so awesome. Screaming and everything and. Yeah, when my mom Wow, we're gonna have to make a pit spot. We're gonna have to make a pit stop to your place during Halloween. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's enjoyable. Oh yeah, speaking of Halloween, Adrian, uh, because I know that you are going to be on my uh uh the Summer of Fear episode with uh Linda Blair. Uh, I, I'm going to be doing that episode on Halloween this year. So, so, uh, a, <laughs> uh, because it actually came out on Halloween in 1978, I think. It came out on, on it was a made for TV movie. So, so there you have it, guys. You guys know that one of my episodes will be on Halloween. Uh, th- this year, so uh, and that summer of fear. Um, that, that will be extremely awesome. 
Yes. And I just got through watching it a couple days ago. Yeah, that's why why I mentioned it, because I remember you saying that uh, you had just watched that. Yeah, it was a very good movie for its time. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah, all of the above. But let's get back to Terminator 2 because that's what we're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, okay, now for my big question that I ask every episode, and you know I do, um, how does the Terminator 2 pertain to the Bible, if at all? Well, for me, my opinion on this is uh, um, even though I didn't really see any um, parallels to the Bible or anything like that, but I will say that uh, I think Terminator is about prophecy. You know, they prophesied what's going to happen in the future, you know. And actually, that's prophesying is all throughout the Bible, you know. Uh, so there's some things that are happening today that the Bible actually prophesied. So, so you know... Um, <laughs> uh, of course, I'm not going to get into them because, you know, I don't want to go too deep. But, um, but yes, you know, there's some things that the Bible prophesied 2,000 years ago, you know. And, um, and with Terminator, uh, you know, they kind of prophesied over John, you know, like John will be this great military leader. He will lead the resistance. You know what I'm saying? So that that's my answer to that. And I, I don't I don't know if you have an opinion on that or not, Adrian, but I would love to hear your opinion if you have one. Um, well, I mean, I think that the But as far as the Bible itself, like I said before in your previous podcast, I wasn't allowed to read the Bible when I was growing up. Right, right. So, uh, yeah, it was like a uh, no. You know, it, like, right, like, no, don't do it. Allowed, Stay away from it. <laughs> Nobody ever told me why, like I said before. I mean, I, I, mean, I grew up with no explanation. Right. I was told not to read the Bible, but I have attended church. Um, I have read hymns and sermons, you know, I mean. Right, right. You name it, I've read other things. But one thing that I remember reading, um, and I can't remember who said this, um, but they talked about the destroyers of the earth and and the destruction of mankind. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was was all from a religious view. So, I definitely think when it comes to something like that, 
Which I'm sure there's a passage in the Bible somewhere where it talks about the close nature of that, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, I think when it comes to that, now, I think that Skynet was, in fact, a destroyer of the Earth. So, if you're going to look at it from that perspective, yeah, you could plug that in together and say... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that it does kind of coincide with that theory. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and the makers of Skynet were the destroyers of the Earth. They didn't realize at the time... Right, that they were building that. Yeah, yeah, what it was or what it was going to do. But then when he found out, he was like, uh, you know, I've got to destroy this. Right. I can't, I can't let continue. this happen. Yeah. And I mean, he might have known inside his mind, you know, God will never forgive me if I go forward with this project. Right. And my son will never forgive me and my wife will never you know, they'll never be able to look at me as a human being right. if I kill all these innocent people. So, yeah, I mean, right. who knows? I mean, he might have been a religious man himself. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, they don't oh. tell you that in the movie. But, no, they don't. They don't. They don't go get into it. But I will tell you this. In the edition that I have, Miles Dyson has two children. He, he has a son and a daughter. And we see both of them. Because, you know, you see, you you, you do know how, you know, uh, in the theatrical version, you know, his son Danny tries to protect him from Sarah. You know, she's like, don't hurt my daddy. But there was a, a couple of scenes before that uh, in the edition that I have where um, you see both his son and his daughter, and they're playing while he's working on his computer. Wow. Yep. You should definitely, definitely open up that. <laughs> well, I'm going to definitely open up your DVD. Position I have. <laughs> wow. You're missing a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a double pack, so that's what makes it even more awesome. Mm-hmm. Because that's part one and part two. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah definitely yeah. open. Um, yes, definitely open it up yeah. and see if if uh, if it's the special edition that I have because um, yeah. Maybe I mean I know platinum plated on the outside. Kind of metal. Oh yeah, yeah. It might, yep. It might have both one and two, and it might have both the theatrical versions and the uh, uh, special edition. Um, it may. I mean, you are going to be quite surprised. (laughs) You're going to be quite surprised. I'm telling you. I am. And I do want to say really quick. Uh-huh. Who are your listeners? If you're ever looking in the bargain bin, 
any video store, it is worth a look because that's where I found this. And oh my god! A lot of other great things that are out of print. You can't buy them anywhere. Oh yeah. So yeah, if you dig through there, <laughs> just keep <laughs> Even if it takes you an hour, you might find something you'll regret leaving. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you know, that's why I, I do. I do. Whenever I'm at Walmart, you could ask my fiance every time you go to the, uh, through the electronics section, I have got to look in the bin where all, where they have all the DVDs on, on, uh, sale or on clearance. I, I have found quite a few DVDs that way. Well, yeah, I mean, you can find a, <laughs> a lot of great things. And, you know, uh, what was really funny, just really quick, for, for a moment, is a couple, uh, um, it's been a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I went to Allen, and I went to Dirt Cheap. So I always look on the shelves, and I like to see if they have any horror figures on the shelf or anything. Uh-huh. Last time I was there, I couldn't find anything. So I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm a little <laughs> disappointed. And then I get all the way to the front. I'm about to check out. And I see this one little figurine by himself. And he was in one of the bins up front. And I guess that they just kind of threw him there. And I looked. And it was Pennywise. Oh my God! Chapter two, and my mom told me, "You better buy that because you're going to regret it later, and then you're going to be whining." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I scanned it, and it said eight dollars. Yeah, I'm taking it. Oh uh, well, well, right? Eight? Uh, you can't, you can't beat eight dollars for a Pennywise. You no. just can't. No, uh, no, and it actually turned out to be a little bit cheaper. Because when they rang it up, it was like six fifty. So, oh my gosh! <laughs> I kind of like found on that one. Like, uh, I got my Pennywise. So now you guys know. Uh, what what was the store? Dirt cheap. Oh my gosh. Now that's in Texas, guys. I don't know. I don't know. My, I'm sure I have listeners from all over, but that's in Texas, correct, Adrian? <laughs> oh, do they? I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think they've got them in other states. I'm not sure exactly how right. they are, but right. I think they have more locations around the globe. Huh. I'm going to have to check that out. That's cool. Well, Adrian, I have one last question. Oh, yeah. You're right about that. Uh, I mean, just for it to be uh, as cheap as that, you know, that is very, very... uh, in my opinion, that's very, very good. Because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to pay an arm and a leg. for, And sometimes you do have to pay an arm. So, uh, I went to Hot Topic. Me and my fiance, we all went to Hot Topic um, uh, maybe about two or three months ago. 
and there was uh, um, its uh, bubble head for like $20. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not paying no $20 for a bubble head. <laughs> So, but yeah, so yeah, when you can get it for eight dollars or six dollars for that matter, yes, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, you can really score some great deals there. And I even got a book of Terminator 2 at half price books one time. Oh, wow. And I paid, um, I believe that was five bucks. And it's like a whole book, and it's got all the movie stills. It tells all about the directing. How cool is that? All kinds of bios. Yeah, I mean, it's got everything in it, and it's loaded. I mean, it's a big book, so it's not like a little winky-dink little picture book. I mean, it's got everything in it of the movie. It's a complete Wow. A complete collection of the movie itself. And I got that, and I haven't seen it pop up anymore there. So I think I really scored a really good deal there. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. (laughs) Most definitely. All right. Well, my last question of the night, Adrian, is do – um. Do you think that we should have gotten a little more backstory on John Connor's foster parents? I say yes. Even in the even in the special edition that that uh, that I've been talking about for this whole episode, they yeah. did not. That's the only thing that they did not do. They did not have a backstory for, like you said, you know, we don't know when John you know, went into the system. We don't know where these parents came from. You know, all we all we really know is that John really doesn't like them, you know. And, and it seems like the feeling is mutual because it seems like this, the foster parents don't really like John all that much. So yeah, I, I, you can kind of tell that they don't. Yeah, I, I really believe that we should have gotten a lot more backstory on them. So, uh, what do you think? What's your opinion? <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think that we should have got a little bit more backstory. Um, I think that it would have some small gaps up. Yeah. For sure. Movie, but, uh, yeah. but at the same time, though, I mean, there's one thing I did wonder when I saw the movie. Um, and one thing I did wonder, and I don't know if... Well, maybe the only one who got this vibe, I'm not sure. But... I just kind of got the vibe that they already, um, that they knew Sarah Connor already. Oh. Before they took control of John. <clears throat> um, 
it just kind of feels to me like they had some connection with her on some level. So it kind of made me wonder if they were maybe uh, not really related, but if they were uh, like kind of friends with Sarah at one yeah. point. Yeah, just kind of friends with her at one point. All right. Well, or maybe if John's uncle was one of her men, you know, that she went out with along the line, you know, you never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true, because they did kind of allude to, uh, like I said, Johnson said, you know, uh, you know, she's, had these boyfriends who she would always try to have me learn from. So, and maybe, just maybe, Todd was one of those men. Like you said, we don't know. (laughs) So, um, but that's why I say that we should have gotten a lot more, a little bit more backstory there. But. Yeah, we should have gotten more backstory. way. Well, I'm all out of questions, but I do have um, five fun facts to share with everybody. And these are actually some pretty cool fun facts. Uh, The first fun fact that I have is production took sufficiently long. It took so long that Edward Furlong visibly aged during the shoot. And you could actually tell by because um, uh, he is clearly much younger in the desert, you know, uh, um, for instance, you know, than in, in any other scenes. And, and it, that's kind of true. Like in the desert, he looked like he was 10 years old. But then in other, you know, scenes, like even at the when he was at the Galleria, he looked much older, you know, he looked. He looked yeah. like 11 or 12 years old, you know, so versus him at the desert. But then I, I heard that when they do movies, they shoot them backwards. That's what I heard anyway. I'm not sure how true it is. Um, and the second, my second fun fact is In the audio commentary, James Cameron says that not only was the biker bar scene, uh, you know, at the start of the movie, uh, not was it only seen, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, in the audio commentary, James Cameron says that not only was the biker bar scene filmed across the street from where LAPD officers beat up Rodney King, but they were filming the night that they beat him. I'm not sure if you know about the Rodney King case or not, but uh, yeah, that happened back in 19, the early 90s, early 90s. Uh, Number three fun fact is Linda Hamilton learned to pick locks for the scene in the mental hospital where she um, where she does precisely that with the paper clip. You know, so she had to learn how to do all that. My number four fun fact is the damaged Terminator look in the climax of the film were 
the what the part where I think actually dragged on a little too long. Uh, it took five hours to apply that makeup and an hour to remove it. And my fifth and last fun fact is the Cyberdyne building in the movie is in fact a two-story structure in Fremont, California. A phony third floor was constructed on top for the movie. And much of the structure was rebuilt after the filming, but the, the building still exists to this day. Oh, I wonder what they're doing there now. <laughs> you know what? That is a good question. I, I wonder if it's just all business. I wonder if it's, I don't know, <laughs> if they just use it for maybe maybe movies, maybe other movies. Who knows? Uh, th that would actually be a great question. <laughs> yeah. It'd be interesting to find out. And, uh, well, uh, next is the cast and crew that has passed on. Well, believe it or not, no, nobody has passed on from this movie. Everybody is still alive. So that is awesome. Nobody... Nobody has passed on. Everybody is still alive and kicking. Well, that's cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, I have no more questions and no more fun facts, and nobody has died or anything, <laughs> which is cool. We're glad that nobody passed away from the movie. Um, but we have come to the end of my podcast. Uh, but I do have a question of the um, night. I I actually forgot to uh, uh, give my listeners my uh, email address on last week. Uh, uh, I was I was just so excited to that I was talking to my Facebook friend Kelly, who I haven't talked to. Uh, I, I had never talked to her before last night. I mean, before last Friday. I'm sorry, before last Friday. And I was so excited to talk to her that I forgot to tell my listeners to email me. Uh, email me at carterlatrice126 at gmail.com. And tonight's question, ladies and gentlemen, and Adrian, uh, my question is, what was your favorite action scene in uh, uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day? Please, please uh, let me know. I, I, I want to know what your favorite action scene was. Um, again, my email address is carterlatrice126 at gmail.com. Uh, email me, please. I would love to. And I, I might even uh, read one of your answers on the air next week. Uh, and speaking of next week. Uh, guys, next week is Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. And I am, of course, talking about a Friday the 13th movie. 
Next week, I am talking about Jason Goes to Hell with uh, Mark Lee, his beautiful wife, Rachel Lee, and uh, Laura, Miss Laura Meacham. And are you ready for this? Adrian, are you ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. I am discussing the movie as well, well with Adam Marcus, who is the director of Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And he actually was in the movie, too. Uh, he played uh, one of the coroners in the beginning of the movie. Okay. Yep. So I am ecstatic. I cannot wait for that, for that one, for that particular episode. I can't wait. But, um, but Adrian, thank you so much for being here tonight, sir. My pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, we always have good conversations. We always have good conversations. We, we had a good conversation with Get Out. That one was we, that one was really really good. Um, and we'll have a great discussion where we talk about um, Doctor Sleep in May. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, guys, until next week. This has been Latrice Carter and Adrienne Garza, and we say bye-bye. We'll see you guys later.